Welcome to Feld Silhouettes of Ramjack, the Conqueror's Chronicle. <laughs> Hi, I am Alex, and with me is my co-host, Brad. How's it going? Brad, what's up, man? It's been a crazy week. Crazy indeed. Crazy week full of adventures, excitement. All right, so Brad, I read an interesting story. Okay. A lot of people, it's a hard economy. People are losing their jobs. People are trying to find jobs. Absolutely. Well, if you're trying to get a job in Bosman, Montana, things are going to be different for you. Okay. I'm reading this off Ars Technica, a wonderful source of news. Uh, the city government in Bosman, Montana, isn't content to cyberstalk its potential employees. They're now asking applicants for their login information for any social networking sites. Bullshit. Let me explain this a little bit further. Okay, every employer, I mean, it's common practice now, are just assumed you go in for a job, they're going to start Googling you. They're going to see what you're up to. They're going to know your secrets. Yeah. They're going to know that you're a furry. <laughs> if they're you... going to know how you feel about scratches and scratches. <laughs> well, they apparently that's not enough anymore. Not enough, clearly. This place in Montana wants your personal account information for your Twitter, your Facebook. So they want your actual login. They want your login and your password. I'm not – yeah. Crazy. What's even crazier, if you read the full article, people in this town aren't really worried about it. They give it away freely. Bullshit. I, I would never give this. If of a job required this, I'd be like, are you kidding me? No, um, I'm not going to give you my login information. Excuse for that. me, um, we need to go through your mail. Can we sort through your garbage first um, before we hire you? We just want to see, you know. Just take a look. Take a look. It is very. I I would say there's it's, no difference between it's, that. Yeah, it's a ridiculous invasion of privacy. That the article brings up a lot of that. Like, how many amendments is this breaking or bending? Well, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, something else is interesting in this article. Close to the end, they were doing an interview with the. The wonderful people in Montana, in Bosman, Montana, like the government officials. Mm -hmm. And they asked them, well, why don't you just create like a Facebook account or a Twitter account and then add those people as friends so you can just look at their profile? And apparently this shocked the person. They didn't even know that was an option. Wow. These people know nothing about technology. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, we're going to have to look into that. Really? Well, the downside is then we don't get to read the messages they've been writing to people and things oh, yeah. like that. And, uh, you know? We don't really get to know them. Right. What I want to do when I'm hiring someone is I want to know what they say to their friends. I want to know what they talk about. I want to get to know them from the way that I can only get from reading their personal messages. You know? Total invasion of privacy. That has think, nothing wait, to do with you getting a job. I changed my position. I think this is a great idea. <laughs> Why? I think it's a wonderful idea. Just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. All right? You know, you're working in a job, you know, you've, you, you, you've got these new guys, you don't know anything about them. All of a sudden, you read all their personal information, you know their entire life story. You know how they broke up with their last girlfriend. <laughs> you, you, you know when they, when they cheated and lied. You know what other chicks they're trying to pick up on the internet. It's all there. Very true. You also know how good of a writer they are. Sure, you know, you know what kind of punctuation they use, or if they use it. Which... I mean, we were both aghast when we were in college reading, I guess, fellow people or fellow classmen's papers and stuff. People don't know how to write anymore. No, people are illiterate. They're incompetent. Illiterate scum of the earth. Not only do they not have a very big vocabulary, they also can't formulate sentences correctly. This would be a wonderful way for people to find that out instantly. And we get to know about them. Yeah. We get to know their secrets. 
And in a world where we know everybody's secrets, nobody has secrets. Everything is out in the open. I think this is great. I think we should just divulge all of our personal information. I could see that. Blood type. Um, any diseases we might have. Uh, well, list, of, find that list, out. Of, list of fears. <laughs> list of uh, fears. Um, uh, oh my god, this is a perfect judge of character. You know how like on Facebook there's all those mm-hmm. things like what character are you from this movie or what oh character in that? That could I mean that has to be dude, dude, wait, almost wait. scientifically, almost empirical evidence for this person to be reliable or, you know, gullible. Back up the crazy train. Wait a minute. I've I've got a breakthrough for you. Throw it out. Okay, imagine this. You're you're an employer, you're looking for an employee. What's going to attract you to an employee more than finding out they have 14,000 werewolf points? <laughs> or that they've recruited 13 people to be in their mafia? That shows they're a leader. They got leadership skills. That shows skills. leadership skills, damn it. You can't, you can't prove that in an application. You can't prove that in an interview. Fuck that. No, you need to see people's Facebook accounts. You know, Brad, when you first said that you were for this. Yeah. I was skeptical. I'm yeah. coming around. I, this yeah, makes total absolutely. sense. This will level, absolutely. not only level the playing field, this gives everyone, I mean, also, it gives also, me an advantage. Also, think about that new girl in the office. You're kind of curious. Is, is she is she attached to somebody or is she kind of a slut? We'll know going in. You'll know because it'll be there. It's on the Facebook. Is that discrimination? No, that's that's practical advice. <laughs> that's saving you time as an employer. You, 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 that way you don't have to wonder because you don't want sexual harassment lawsuits. If you know she's a slut going in, you're fine. <laughs> she's a slut. It's okay. Look, I've got proof of all the dudes she's been with. I've got her Facebook account. Look at all these dudes. I will say this brings up some kind of lame thing. You know how um, – I know one thing that really annoyed me on MySpace was the fake people. I don't even know how they set those up. Right. Um, well, this may encourage people to be fake on their Facebook well, they'd be like, okay, look, this is basically a resume. I have to have this thing be as I think you're giving. I think you're giving humanity far too much credit. I'm just saying, man. There is no way people are not going to put drunken, slutty pictures on their MySpace and Facebooks. It's what they do. I mean, it's, it's too far now. I don't think you can reverse that no, trend. That's no. how it works. We're just in a more open society now. We're just going to have to deal with the fact that we know everything about everybody. And that it's okay if someone yeah. does have a little fun on the weekends and, okay. and post yeah, pictures of absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I think we have to get to a point where it's all right that all of our medical history is available for anyone to peruse. And all of our contact information and all of our secrets. Basically, what we should do is make a clearinghouse of everything and reveal it all. That way, no one gets away with anything anymore. I don't want people being able to go around and have secrets. I don't like secrets at all. I think everyone should be completely open, and I think we should know everything about everybody. Brad, do you want to you share a secret? Here's a secret. Um, Go ahead and say it, dude. It's all right. Secret. I think Perfect Strangers might be the greatest television series ever created. And it's out there. Yeah. Every- put it out there. I'm sorry, before that, before now, you would have had to log into my account, hack in, to find out that information about me, or ask me. You could have asked me for it. I could have. I would have probably told you. That's it. too easy. But that's too easy. I want there to be a little bit more coercion in finding out people's secrets. I don't want you to have to ask for them. I just want you to be able to go and get them, steal them away from people. I. You know what, Brad? These people in Montana. If you're are hiding secrets, they're leading the way. If for you're this. hiding secrets. This is going to be a revolution. We shouldn't have to ask for them. We should be able to sneak in there and take your secrets away. No secrets for you. 
No more hungry tigers. <laughs> no more hungry tigers. <laughs> so, Brad, there's a lot of life-changing inventions we've come across in our Absolutely. lives, right? Absolutely. Tons of them. I can The iPod completely changed my life. The iPod. iPod. The, the mobile phone. Mobile phone. Your Helio you love. My Helio changed the world. I, when I get an iPhone, I'm sure it'll be the best thing ever in the world. Um, but there are some other things that are life-changing, other inventions. Yeah. You know, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say a little thing called West Bend's Poppery 2. West Bend's Poppery 2, I'm ex- of course, life-changing. Absolutely. It uses patented tornado technology. The heat vortex, which pops your kernels without burning them. All right, so uh, let's hear what some of the people have to say raving about the Poppery 2. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's completely happy with it. All right, let's see. Uh, this person lasted longer than my first marriage. Oh. Uh, they say pros makes tasty popcorn. Mm. Easy to use. Nice. No oil use, so it's less calories. True. Easy cleanup. Yeah, it is indeed. Cons, the butter melter does not work. Bullshit. I, that's what it Read says. All right, all right, okay, all right. Uh, this person, foolproof little workhorse. Pros, inexpensive, long-lasting, mm-hmm. easy to use, and clean. That's all very oh, true I, again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah, yeah. I agree. Cons, butter melter isn't very effective. And on-off switch would be nice. Now that I, I agree an on-off switch would be nice. If, you, if it didn't just start when you plugged into the wall, it would be nice. But um, again, with the butter melter. Yeah, uh, here's another one. Okay. Poppinson's 86. Ooh. This is this is a machine that's gonna in the long haul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pros, fourteen years and ours is still popping. Nice. Cons, none. Uh, except the butter melter is so so. Bullshit. <laughs> hey, I'm calling shenanigans. Now, Brad, I you've introduced me to the poppery too. I did. The I did magic indeed. that is the poppery too. Right. Um, I didn't even know it melted butter. Right. Am I supposed to use this as my primary melting device for butter? Um, this is this is not designed to be used solely as a butter melting device. No, I didn't know um, a, a sole butter melting device existed. Right, right. Clearly, these people are have lost their fucking minds because we took this to the lab and we tested it. We tested it. We we popped some popcorn and melted some butter. Guys, we would not be sponsored by. Oh, we wouldn't allow a sponsor to sponsor us unless we knew they could back up their claims. Exactly. This product works. I don't know who these liars, these liars on the internet, these jeerers, these bastard people, these filthy, filthy, degenerate bastard people are. But I, 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 I've had no trouble with a butter melter. So what we did, we, we decided to pop some popcorn. We Popped put it, it in there. We, we put just like a slab of butter. Not a slab of butter. No, just like, like a, a tablespoon. Small pad of butter. Small pad on of a butter. Ma- on, on, on a human amount of butter that you might put on popcorn. Yeah. Put it on there. Easily melted before the popcorn got finished. Easily. It was bubbling. It was sizzling. It was hot. Hot butter. And we all did some serving size. Like right. you only popped enough popcorn for someone to eat and enough butter for one person to put on their popcorn. Right. More than sense. enough time. Easy. Absolutely. If anything, the butter might melt too well. It melts too, too well. soon, perhaps, and it might get a little too hot. It was bubbling. It was bubbling, which scared me. I was afraid for my life. I was afraid that I might be scalded by butter. But it works. Works fine. Poppery 2. Wonderful butter melter. Amazing. Exceptional popcorn maker. Now, my question is, what are these people doing wrong? <laughs> as I mentioned before, they're either using this as their primary butter I, melting it's really, Are they putting an entire stick of butter in there? <laughs> Are they just putting a stick of butter in the butter melter? <laughs> it's not designed for that. It's a small tray. It's attached. It's on the top of the of the, of the popcorn popper. And as it's popping and the heat's rising, 
the butter melts. These people are obviously using a lot of butter. If they they melt must the time, be or because work I mean, we use tablespoons, which I I don't. I'm not a big fan of butter on the popcorn. Of course not. And uh, I was just doing this for scientific research. Um, but there was there was far there was far too much butter for my popcorn. Too much. So what we can say is all these people on the internet are liars, like you said. They are liars. Uh, apparently, they they must be from some rival popcorn popper with some other kind of butter melter. Uh, now this person also says something. Let me read this one. Okay. Better tasting than a microwave. Absolutely. And just as fast. Just as fast. They say pros control what is on your popcorn. Mm, nice. No fat or calories added. Right. Cons, and this isn't really a con. I see this more as a plus. Do you want a foreign body in your eye? Hmm. And now this is an issue. Yeah. This this is a bit of an issue because haphazardly, popcorn kernels will fly out at crazy trajectories at record-breaking speeds. And they will sting, um, and they could shoot you in the eye. But that's part of the magic of the poppery, too. It makes it a blast. It makes popcorn popping an adventure. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure, only you're not reading a book, and you might get hit by kernels of popcorn. <laughs> that can never be a con. No. I do. I'm glad they, f- they phrased that as a question, though, because right. even they realize this is fun. Right. Do you want a foreign body in your eye? Maybe you do. I think you do. It's kind of fun. It's exciting. It's dangerous. Live dangerously. Use the poppery, too. <laughs> but do not use it as your primary butter-melting device. If you've got a recipe that calls for melted butter, don't use the poppery, too, for that. No. Not what it's used for. Not no. what it's... No. You use, use a skillet. You use a pan. Use a, use, use a pot. Do not use a popcorn popper. Use a popcorn popper for popping popcorn and melting an adequate amount of butter to put on your popcorn. Nothing more. Point made. Don't take advantage of the machine. So, Brad, we watched a movie. Again, we watched a movie. This movie, though, I think we've been building up to. Not knowing it. You know, this is the pinnacle of our podcast recording careers. What was mentioned in this film? Um, Bucko was mentioned. Someone said Bucko. They were watching Double Dare. They were watching Double Dare. Which I'm pretty sure we've mentioned on a podcast before. Yeah, we talked about Double Dare. Who doesn't talk about Double Dare? One of my favorite parts of the film, actually. And Double Dare? What is Double Dare? It's a game. It's a game. (laughs) It is a game. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also furries potentially mentioned in this film. Yeah. We'll get more to that later. There was, well, there was mention particularly of a bunny suit. Yes. Mention of a bunny suit. Someone being trapped in a bunny suit. Yeah. There might have been scratching involved. I don't know. Scritching and scratching. Uh, of course, we are talking about Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. The Bill Cosby. The classic wonder. 1990 Bill Cosby film. 1990. 1990. It's important that we date this film for right. many reasons. Um, just so you know, for a little, little record in Doug Bill Cosby's career, um, this this uh, preceded Leonard Part Six, another great film. I'm sure we'll watch it. Absolutely, it's somewhere down the line. Um, and came before. One of the greatest films ever made, Meteor Man, which we'll definitely be covering very soon, <laughs> hopefully. Oh, uh, yeah, but we're talking about Ghost Dad. There's a lot to talk about in Ghost Dad. <laughs> There's so much to talk about in Ghost Dad. This is a great, great movie. <laughs> um, how about we talk about how things were different on the dating scene in the 90s? I know recently we've talked about, or you've talked about, how you're single, you know, you're out there on the market looking for women. Um, I think you could take some cues from this movie. I, I think it's possible. It's possible. All right. First thing you want to do, Brad, is when you call someone's father, mm-hmm. you call them their home, chatting them up. Right. You're just like, hey, man, 
Get that bitch on the phone. Put the bitch on the phone. Yeah, 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 that's me. Put the bitch on. The bitch on the phone? Put the bitch on the phone? You know, I've never tried that. Um... If can, you haven't tried it, that means you should try it. I'm, I'm sure it'll work. You know, if I could, if but I had to call someone's home phone, and I don't know anyone that actually has a home phone anymore. Oh yeah, that's archaic. Or it lives with their parents. Um, well, also be careful because their father may or may not be a ghost, and he could come through the phone. He could come through the phone line. through one of the best special effects in this film. Yeah, and threaten to kill you or strangle right. you. He could, he could strangle me through a telephone. What also might work for you, Brad? Mm-hmm. All right, you see this chick? You're right. talking her up. Talking you say, up. you know what? I like you, and she's yeah. like. You know, I didn't know you liked me. What you do then, the next move you make, uh-huh. is you look at her, right? And you just stick out your tongue and just waggle around like, ah. Looking good. Yeah. Thanks, man. You too. Yeah. I know. So, I see your friend Janelle at the mall, you know, and I go, yo, I dig your friend Diane, right? And then she goes, geez. And I go, hey. And then she goes, no way, keep dreaming. And then I go, choo, I'll give Diane something to dream about, you know what I'm saying? God, Tony, I didn't even know you liked me. Hey, Diane. Ah. Oh, that's attractive. <laughs> now, people at home can't see what that looks like. <laughs> I have no idea, but it, it was disturbing. It was disturbing or hot? Uh, maybe hot. I don't know. I'm not a lady. Maybe that's what works on them. I don't understand. I've never tried either of those things. I'm going to start trying them. I think, yeah, definitely. I think we should. Hit, I think we should finish recording, hit the bars, see what can happen. <laughs> A lot can happen, just like in Ghost Dance. Yeah. Here's the thing. Bill Cosby's a career man. Dedicated career man. Ever since his wife died. Ever since his wife. Died. Ooh, sore point. Yeah, he's he's got you know he's got a family to take care of. Three now. beautiful kids. Three beautiful kids. Well, two beautiful and a demon spawn possibly. More <laughs> on that later. <laughs> um, and he's got no life insurance. It seems he doesn't have medical insurance. Mm-mm. He's got you know the bills are piling up. He doesn't even own the house. He's got a mortgage. He's got to pay. Money's tight, and he's got to be devoted to his job. If he can just make it till Thursday. Thursday is the pinnacle day. Thursday is the day he gets the promotion. He's been working forever on this big account. And if he can just make it through Thursday, everything's going to be fine. Sorry, I had to work late again this weekend. But remember, it's just until Thursday when I get my raise and new promotion, which will include me in the company's insurance and pension plan, then we'll have lots of time to do fun things. But. Uh Uh-oh. Then he dies. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) in most cases, we pretty much stop any plans you have, but not Bill Cosby. Right. There's no time. You know, we're not going to have to worry about orphan children. They got a ghost dad. (laughs) So ghost Bill Cosby has to make all of the family's dreams come true by Thursday. So the beginning of this movie is the uh, kernel of inspiration for a future film franchise. Maybe you've heard of it. Final Destination. Mm. Death seems to follow Bill Cosby everywhere he goes. It's after him. Yeah. He almost kills himself on roller skates. Roller skates. His daughter leaves the roller skates right in the middle of the stairs. His youngest daughter. Youngest daughter. Maybe on purpose. Again, we'll get to that in a second. Could be. He rides an elevator for a very long time as cables are breaking. He doesn't know this. And conveniently gets off right when the elevator falls. Death is stalking him. Yes. Um, We're never really told why. No. No clue. Because it really does seem like death is stalking him. Death wants Bill Cosby. It's never addressed again, but... 
not really. But uh, and so then he, he decides to go out and take a take a cab ride from who? Crazy bastard. This is where he pushes the limit too much because this crazy bastard worships Satan, Satanist. Do you accept the Lord Satan as a supreme being and evil your salvation? I've been meaning to, but I've just been so busy I haven't had a chance to get around to it. I like you. Thank you. Do you worship Satan? Tina brings that up. He's just total disregard for everything on the road, yeah. serving in other lanes. It's he insane. almost ramps off of a truck, which I was hoping would happen. Right. But it happened later because yeah, he does exactly. ramp off into some side yeah, streets, which is awesome. This is crazy driving. Like, this, like, really, how the police didn't stop them before, I have no idea. I assumed it was death when he first got in the thing. Yeah. Because we started talking about the devil. It was like, are you the devil? I was like, okay, this is death. Just right. walking around with Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby admits to being the devil, which I also think is weird. Right. <laughs> tries, tries to get on the cab driver's side by pretending to be the devil. The cab driver almost drives off a bridge. Overjoyed at the information that his master is here. Right. Bill Cosby is hanging outside the door almost dead again. Almost dead again. How many times can he almost die? He makes his way back into the cab. Oh. But the cab goes over the bridge. Mm, can't. Can't stop it. And Bill Cosby is dead. Or is he? Oh. Okay, this is this is the point in the movie where he becomes a ghost. He's a ghost now. He's also endowed with weird powers as a ghost that isn't normal for most other films. Yeah, he's... Apparently, you can see ghosts in the dark. Yeah, which makes sense, because a lot of people say they see things in the dark. That's why on Ghost Hunters, it's always pitch black. They turn out all the lights. Oh, they got that cue from Ghost that, Dad. Is that, is that why they do that? Covering their bases, covering their bases. Oh, okay. I, was, I always just thought they did that because it makes more atmospheric television. When you're, you know, bullshitting about pretending to see ghosts. What? Okay, but yeah. Bill Cosby, he can be seen in the dark. He can also talk and people can hear him, but he has to concentrate or get synced or something. Right. It's very unclear. He can he can touch things. He can wear clothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the big thing. He can, like, it starts off that he can only touch things if he concentrates really hard. But clothing is always fine. He's yeah. always good with clothing. He can touch people. Um, he can walk through walls. He can fly. Right. He's pretty much got superpowers. Yeah. Um, I don't really see what the downside of being a ghost is if this is how it works. But apparently he has a limited time on Earth, I guess. Well, at least that's what we learned from crazy British scientist guy. Yeah. A crazy British scientist guy summons Bill Cosby? That part I didn't really understand fully. So he dies, and the reason he doesn't go or, like, ascend to another plane is because this guy summons him? No, he doesn't go to, he doesn't go to another plane because his spirit isn't ready to go to the next plane and that's which is why this guy summons him because he he seeks out spirits that are disjoined from their bodies so what does he have like does he have yeah apparently i'm guessing some kind of ghost he, radar is he yeah, like a cerebro yeah. it, for ghost apparently because he said that he he, he saw he, we, he he saw him because this was apparently very rare to happen so he mm. saw him with whatever device he uses to track spirits, and he uh, used that to summon him to his abode. In London. Where am I? You're in London. What am I doing in London? What am I doing in London? Acting just like an American, I'm afraid. Left our good manners home, home in the range, have we? Now you must control your temper. Actually, I summoned you. You were on your way to the hereafter, just a routine transfer, when something went wrong. I sensed a, a disturbance in the spirit ether, which is almost always a sure sign of intercorporeal maltransference. A what? 
It means they screwed up. It's the afterlife equivalent to misplacing your paperwork. It's rare, but it happens. Anyway, it's a sort of speciality of mine. You know, I've written a book on it, actually. Intercorporeal Maltransference. You can find it at most local bookstores. I'm the world's foremost authority on life after death. Right. Well, they have a chat. And he warns him he only has three days left, right? Or three days. Right. He says no one's really made it past three days. Cosby's like, look, I gotta make it till Thursday. I, I got I gotta get this insurance. Or my kids are screwed. He still cares about his family, which is great. Yeah, that's nice. Quaint. Um, but he's dead. So <laughs> well, I mean, what are you really gonna do? I was shocked at how quick they got to the point that he was dead. Like yeah. his he was immediately of course the kids would see him in the dark. The kids are fine. They're like, Oh, our dad's dead. Yeah. It's just a fact we have to live with. Right. The kids are far too comfortable with the fact that their father's dead. I think I think this is where you see the 90s seeping in. Oh, yeah. Because these kids, really, it's really only about them. Dad! Daddy! There are other things in this world besides the magic. I'm about to lose my job. What do you mean you gotta run? Daddy, it's my birthday. Janelle turned 17 and she got a convertible. What, I get shaving cream? You forgot. You completely forgot, Bucko. Admit it. Daddy, can I take you to Chantel? No, honey, you can't take me anywhere. <laughs> they don't care that their father's dead. They don't care that they're orphans. They don't care that they're going to be homeless soon when they can't pay the mortgage because <laughs> they're school children. This movie does deal with some really, very real issues. Yeah. And it does get real. There's a confrontation with the daughter and Bill Cosby at one point where all those things you just mentioned come right to a uh, head, I guess. Yeah. She's like, how can I take care of these kids? What happens to us? How am I going to support myself and two kids? Have you left us anything? You don't have life insurance. This house. Do we own this house? Why did you leave everything to the last minute? <laughs> I didn't know. It was the last minute. I had life insurance. And then your mother got sick and I cashed it in to pay the medical bills on mortgage, the house, anything to try and save her. I'm sorry, Daddy. We're screwed. She's younger. She's like a teenager. And then there's yeah, like two younger kids, a middle school kid and some child, I guess, that's younger. Mm. Two girls and a boy. But yeah, very selfish children. Yeah, it's it's really, it's like they're still concerned with their day-in, day-out problems. Not so much with the fact that their father has died. <laughs> which is disturbing. That was very weird. Total Dad, disconnect. look, I've got a career day tomorrow. What am I going to do? Son, I'm a ghost. <laughs> I am a ghost. I am desperately trying to save our finances so that you kids do not become homeless orphans. So you have a future. I am dead, and I'm still doing this for you. Now, regardless, regardless if this if this job thing came through, they might get enough to save the house, but they're still orphan children. Oh, yeah. They're not going to be left alone on their own devices. This was just a way for them to cope. It was a coping mechanism. Right. They can still see their father. To them, it hasn't dawned on them. He's dead. The oldest girl is 17. She's not an adult. She can't take care of children legally. She couldn't take care of children. No. She spends most of the movie in her room just crying, <laughs> cradling a picture of her dead mother and her. Right. So, really, really, I don't know what Cosby's trying to achieve here. <laughs> because, honestly, those kids are going to be taken up by social services. There's a lot of the parts of this movie I was a little confused. Like, why is why is he doing this? Why is yeah. he trying? But he does try. Admirably. 
right. or a ghost, especially. Absolutely. I also thought it was interesting in this movie how Bill Cosby just knew his powers, I guess, as a ghost. I mean, at first he was a little bit, eh, he kind of would phase through floors and he wouldn't come in all the way or whatever. Which was really disturbing. Yeah, The fact weird. that he would kind of stumble through into the floor, like a few, like a foot or two. It's like, what, what's, what is the ground to him if he's just going through the ground? How do you, that's terrifying to me. <laughs> the idea that you would just fall through the ground. That is very unsettling. It is kind of weird. Especially as a ghost. Would you fall I, through the earth? I should mention, I saw this film in the theater as a child. And um, there were quite a few things that stuck with me. That being one of them. <laughs> the fear of falling through the ground. <laughs> as a ghost. Yeah. And a father. <laughs> yeah, most, mostly as a ghost and a father. But yeah, it's falling, falling through the ground. What else stuck with you as a child when you saw this? Like, when you saw this again, when we just watched it, Mm-hmm. What brought back is key things you remember. Um, one of the key things was um, him being pulled through the air during the windstorm. That was kind of scary. I yeah. could see how, as a child, I'd be like, "Whoa!" Yeah, because apparently, as a ghost, you really don't have any weight. So he goes outside, and it's apparently a stormy night, and there's a lot of wind, and he just starts blowing through the air like a like a leaf, and it's quite disturbing. That is that it was. I can see how that could be. I just, the, I, you know, I think of more than anything. It's just this idea of of this being this impermanent thing that you don't have any, you know, shape or mass, and you your, your dimensions aren't solid. Oh. It's very disturbing. You can still wear clothes. Right, right, right. But I mean, yeah. But you may fall through the ground at any time. Yeah. And be carried away by storms. Right. And be blown away by the wind. By the way, this film's rated PG. Should not be rated PG. I don't think so. Not at all. Now I'm not really a fan of the rating system. I find it annoying and ridiculous because as a child, I didn't ratings really meant nothing in my house. I remember seeing Terminator 2 in the theater as a child. As a child. As a child. A year after seeing Ghost Dad in the theater as a child. Put some. Put some. Uh, like. Put a placement on this. How old were you? Um. Let's see. That was. Um. Terminator 2 was 91. So that would make me... Six? Maybe seven? No, that would make me... You were about eight. eight. Wow. Eight-year-old. Eight-year-old. You were still in elementary school. Absolutely. And seeing kick-ass Schwarzenegger movies. That is pretty kick-ass. And My parents I, would have never let me see something like that's that. That's insane. See, I, as a child, I fucking lived on Schwarzenegger. I remember my proudest day when I actually learned how to spell Schwarzenegger. <laughs> really? I was so proud of myself. Because that was awesome. spell Schwarzenegger. <laughs> now, honestly, I'm not sure I can spell Schwarzenegger correctly. But then as a child, I learned to spell Schwarzenegger, and it was awesome. Wow, that is awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. Little fact. Fact. Young Brad. Life lessons from me. Joppa. <laughs> Commando, another movie I saw as a child. We need to watch that movie. We absolutely need to see that movie. First, first nudity I ever saw in a film. I forgot there's nudity in command. Oh yeah, it's for a split second, and you'll barely notice it. But as a child, you notice it. Oh yeah. Now see, a commando. I'm assuming was rated R, but watching that Surely. now, it kind of I would think it would get like a PG-13. Yeah. Well, there's so much violence. He kills right a few hundred people in that movie by himself. I have a friend who actually, he's a graphic designer like I am, and he went back. He loves Commando, and he did some After Effects work. Over the film, I'm, I'm, he did some works with After Effects, and he put a kill count. He would he would call stuff out in the film, but he also had a kill count in the corner. Nice. And, he, and they actually have an actual count of how many he killed. And I think it's well over a hundred something. Like, Can it's I a see lot. This I don't know. I'm sure he still has it. I'll, I'll talk to him. 
that might be the version of Commando we need to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, the rating system on this was crazy. Yeah, I mean... There was a lot of things that were shocking to me that this right. was a... Built, I assumed this was going to be a family film. Like right. kids, anyone's yeah. made for everyone. This this movie is real. Very real. It's a lot of profanity. A lot of profanity. I mean, there's the boyfriend with the tongue and the... the put the bitch on the phone. Yeah. Bitch just... It's said multiple times. Bill Cosby says bitch. Right. call my daughter a bitch again. Uh, there's, I mean, there's, there's, you know, the fact that uh, the the guy's dead and he's a ghost, a little creepy. Um, Very adult thing. But then there's, then there's like this, all this stuff with like, with like he's like uh, talking about like not being that they don't own the house that they he had to put a double mortgage on the house be, to pay for his wife's medical treatments when she was dying. That's why they don't have life insurance. He had to cash that in for her medical bills. Right. This is a dark film directed by Sidney Poitier, nonetheless. Oh, yeah, classy. This movie also has a lot of sexual stuff in it. A lot of sexual. Quite a bit. One afternoon delight. <laughs> Actually mentioned afternoon yeah. delight. Wait just a second. Oh, God damn it, Elliot! I invited you over here for a little afternoon delight. I can't. Oh, Elliot. What? Well, you don't think you can, huh? I know I can't. Oh well. <laughs> Oh, no. No, 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 no. I don't mean that. I, I can't. Of course I... What, is, well, what I mean is we can't. We can't. Now, it's just a little performance anxiety. But you don't have to perform with me, because all we're going to do is cuddle. Mm. But I have people with... <laughs> just need people. to relax. So Bill Cosby's kind of dating the girl next door, the woman next door. There's some talk at one point in the film that um, he may not be able to um, perform. Perform, yes. Blatantly mentioned in the film. Yeah, no beating around it. There's some scratching and scratching going on next door. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Scratching and scratching. That scene just kind of ends. I assume. I think she mentions later how he falls, like how you can fall through the bed. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's explained after it's, it happens. Yeah, it's very subtle, very subtle. I think so, there's, well, I think there's a lot of things that the kids just aren't going to get that are for the parents. Old Sydney did his job making this entertaining for everyone. Yeah, true, very true. Here's yeah. here's one of the, here's one of the more disturbing things about the film: the daughter. Yes. All right. Now, this first... is speculation on Brad and I's part after yeah, the yeah, film. Yeah. We had a lot of questions. But, you know, it's kind of questionable. Very beginning of the film, as we mentioned, Bill Cosby almost dies by um, because there are roller skates in the middle of the stairs. The, the youngest daughter has left her roller skates in the middle of the stairs. Very suspicious. And he, he says, how many times do I have to tell you, don't put your roller skates at the top of the stairs? I'm so Amanda, honey, please. I told you not to leave your skates on the stairs. Sorry. Make note, everyone else is already downstairs. This means this girl's either been roller skating in the morning, before school, or after her brother and sister came downstairs, she put the roller skates there. These roller skates are pretty big yeah. for a girl her age. Yeah. She's young. Yeah. Also, they're conveniently placed in the middle of the stair stairwell. Right. Like, 
in the middle rung. I, I'm There's saying, no way they could have not. I'm saying she must have put them there after her brother and sister came down, which means she's gunning for her father. Yeah. This little kid has plans. She's creepy. You think that she might have done something to the mother? Daddy, are you going to go away like Mommy did? I don't know. Did they ever mention you know? what the mother, like, what her medical problems were? No. I took out the garbage. No. This girl is also suspicious of many other reasons. She doesn't talk a lot. She's a silent She's one type. of those silent types. A little weird silent type. Yeah. Weird like the little girl from Poltergeist weird. She's also not very affected by the fact her dad is dead. I remember, like, yeah. she goes to hug him, and when she can't, she's just, like, kind of... Well, you know, the film starts off, because Bill Cosby being a career man, he records bedtime stories on a cassette player. She's very comfortable with her father being a, a, a cassette player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That she's was... very disconnected, I think, from uh, emotions and humanity. And I think this has turned her into an evil demon spawn killing machine. <laughs> you know? She also tries to cover up a lot of the times. Yeah. There's a point where Bill Cosby's girl, Masai, gets a little suspicious and comes over. Then she learns that he's a ghost. But the girl, little girl, she's like, everything's fine. No need to worry. Of course, this is also around the same time that they call the sister down for some reason, I think. And the sister runs downstairs. Those skates are back on the stairs in the exact same place. Did she put them there? And was that line, everything's fine here, in relation to that? Um, she tells the girlfriend that Bill Cosby will not, will not speak to her anymore. No more hungry tigers! She goes out there, kind of ruins yes. the relationship. She poisons the well, tries to destroy her father's relationship. Um, at a very inconvenient time, because Cosby's trying to get stuff done at work so that uh, he can keep his job. Again, youngest daughter screwed him over. This little girl's pulling the strings. Also, another point... The the son wants to be a magician. He, he's he's trying to get a magic act together. His father, of course, doesn't have time because he's a ghost and trying to save the family's money to help him with his act. So the son decides to do it on his own. We don't really know why the son all of a sudden decides he's just going to do this on his own. Before he had said he was going to give up the trick, I assume that the younger daughter conned him into pulling this trick, which could have killed him. Of course she did, dude. Yeah. She killed the mother. She killed Cosby. She killed... Gomez! She's going to kill the older sister. Yeah. She's got to get the uh, brother out of the way. For what end, I have no right. idea. Right. What? What is her end game? Some men just want to watch the world burn. Dude, I don't know, man. Oh. Okay, here's, here's an idea, or a theory I have for the little girl, kind of. Okay, a major plot device in this movie is the fact that Cosby isn't really a ghost, per se. Surprise. This is something... Okay, it's basically his spirit that's been cast out of his body because he got really scared or whatever, and it just ejected it. His body's still alive somewhere, which is why he hasn't passed on, I guess. Right. Um, but but he's running is, out of time. Yeah, but this is something that he inherited. This is like an ability. Right. His father also had this same... This happened to him. Right. In fact, he had to wear a bunny suit for a week. Right. Fathers get like that sometimes. My father on my ninth birthday dressed up in a bunny costume for a whole week. A whole week? A whole week because the zipper stuck. You know, he didn't mean to do it, so he had to bump around the house because he made like a bunny for a whole week. <laughs> because he was just a spirit looking for his body. Right. Which is mentioned in the film. That's where the furries come in, I only assume. Exactly. Cosby has to go around as the Invisible Man for a while. Well, the thing is, Co Co you know, he's, he's Cosby's stuck wearing the same clothes. He can put more clothes on top of them, strangely enough, but he's stuck in the same suit, you know, for the, for the entire time that he is a quote-unquote ghost. But Which means he... his father got stuck in the bunny suit for a week <laughs> and had to be in a bunny suit. <laughs> well, then he is a furry. He is a furry. He's a furry. Come on. He was scratching he's, he's and scratching. Scratching and scratching. 
But yeah, so I just assume, because the movie ends abruptly, that because the daughter dies and also gets out of her body, that's how she can do it. This is something that's just in their genes or something. I mean, obviously it's not in their genes, but it's something that the family can do. So I'm assuming that after the film's over, that this is something that Cosby and the kids learn to just do. Like, they could probably do it on a whim. I think that little girl knew this. Uh, yeah. I and think I, that's how she got those skates on the stairs. I think she's in communion with the devil. She may be. And wants to use this power to overthrow humanity. Everything's perfectly normal. Well, obviously, that's what she wants to right. do. They found out that Cosby is, no long, is, is not a ghost, but just disconnected from his body. They yell for the sister to come down. She's running down. She's in a hurry. The roller skates are back on the stairs. You gotta be kidding me. Again, and again, may I point out, people have gone up and down the stairs. I haven't seen the little girl roller skating. I think she put them there on purpose yet again. She never roller skates in the entire film. Of course not. She only uses those for death. Everything's perfectly normal. That's a wrangle. She's a sly one. Oh, little girl. Well, your death games never cease. She looks cute. We gotta talk about the special effects in this film. Because there were quite a few times where for a 90s film, I thought, wow, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a rich kid that's, I guess, kind of snobby. Right. L- little rich Republican boy. <laughs> <laughs> Noted he's Republican. Cosby calls him out on it. I was Well, how are you, Stuart? You, uh, take out your own garbage? Yes. We pay people to do that for us. Anyway, I wanted to show Danny my new bike. You mean you have a new possession and you actually want to show it off? That doesn't sound like you, Stuart. Yeah. You can't get this kind without connections. And uh, it's a lot faster than Danny's, but it should be, since it's about twice as expensive. You're a Republican, aren't you? Well, uh, I'm not registered. And Danny's in time. He notices there's something up with Cosby and all them and thinks he's an alien. He calls up and threatens the Cosby family. And in the scene, Cosby's like, let me take care of this. He goes over to the boy's house, flies up to his window, and says... Now, you listen to me, you little bag of big puke! You mention one thing to anybody about this, and so help me, I'll do things to you that you can't even imagine! You try to threaten me! Because I don't get frightened! I give frightened! You love um, where Cosby, there's, shines a flashlight on his face, and his face disappears. Okay, Cosby can only be seen in the dark. When light hits him, he goes invisible. So a flashlight focalized on his face would just be his face disappeared, and his whole body still be there. Creepy. Freaks the kid out. He faints. His eyes cross. Awesome. But that special effect when he did it was good. Yeah. It was I was cool. like, wow. Low tri- quality. Way to go, 90s. And this was filmed way before Jurassic Park. That was, what, 94 Jurassic yeah. Park came out? I mean, not that that's the, well, it's the pinnacle for then, but whatever. The year before T2. There was, put it in ah, yes. There was also a moment where her son fails horribly at a magic trick at school. Probably because of his sister. Most likely because of the sister. He tries to do it alone. That whole scene is awesome. Can we just talk about that scene? Absolutely. So the kid's going to try this very dangerous, which people keep asking him, this is really dangerous. Do you want to do this? Danny, I thought you said that you couldn't do that trick without that kid he forgot to get you. I'll do it without his help. Is that safe? Are you sure this is safe? As a matter of fact, I'm sure it's not. Okay. Uh, in you go. Right. He, it's. I mean, he's, he's got a straight jacket on, he's got chains, and he's going to lock himself in, into... The, the, what is it? The chest of doom or something like that? The chest of doom, yes. He's going to do a big escape trick. 
of course, uh, you know, the problem is that uh, his father didn't have time to buy him the kit he needed to do this. So, his partner also bailed on him. Yeah, his partner bailed on him. So, uh, and I'm assuming he was pushed by his sister to go ahead and do it anyway. Oh, yeah. Because she wants him dead. <laughs> so the kids, they start strapping him in. The teacher's leery, but he's like, all right, we'll let the kids do this, whatever. They're having their fun. It's career right. day. It's what he wants to do. Right. This would be the next David Copperfield. So they get him chained up, and they call the big kid in class. I'm assuming he's the, he's the leader because they all look to him. He comes up. He tests the chains. He turns around gives people the thumbs up. And then one of the kids <laughs> grabs the, the son's head. like, get in there. Shove him down into the chest. They shut it and lock it. And the kid lock tries to get out. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't do it. The can't key. Do it. He gets the key out of his mouth. Or I think he, he gets it out of uh, the keyhole or something. He can see right. out into the class. He drops the key. He can't do it. He starts struggling. The class laughs at him. Uh, you know, this would be an incredibly humiliating experience if you did end up locking yourself into a trunk and couldn't get out. Yes, Danny? Can you please call the janitor? <laughs> the kids make fun of him. They're going to yeah. have to call the janitor. And then <laughs> the teacher's like, do you need help getting out? All the kids are laughing, and then the kid says, okay, look, get the janitor. Right. Everyone luckily, laughs. Luckily, Cosby's daughter, he's, he's got the feeling someone's a little fishy, and she's called her father at his big meeting. Uh-oh. At the big meeting on Wednesday. This meeting basically decides whether or not they're going to get life insurance on right. their father, or they're going to keep their house, their future. Right. So Cosby can't come help him. Surely he can't come not. help him. Of course not. Wait a minute. What if he was a ghost dad? A ghost dad might be able to do something. Ghost dad does something. At the very moment that everything has gone to ruin, all of a sudden the chest comes off the ground, floats up into the air. The kids get a little freaked out. Obviously, there is a levitating chest. Cosby's head pokes up from the bottom and talks to the sun. He's like, hey, you know, we're going to do this trick. It's going to be awesome. And he's like, dad, you're here. Great. Which, which I'm thinking... Can't the other kids in the room hear him talking to his father inside obviously, a box? Obviously, they can hear him talking inside a box. I, uh, surely. Maybe this is just because Cosby's now just gotten into his ghost powers fully. He fully right. understands them, I guess. Can he muffle other people's voices? I Dude. With his ghost powers? I'm assuming. If he can go through, if he can travel through a phone line, surely mm. he can do that. If he can mm. fly. Mm. Well, anyway, I will say this was, this was great on so many levels because the kids actually seemed terrified. This scene looked very realistic. If yeah. there was a... There was a chest floating through the air. <laughs> this is how a classroom would react to it. It was great. That I, I, I imagine when they were filmed this, Sidney Portier was just yelling at children because <laughs> they were terrified. <laughs> they were freaked out. Some of them got up and ran to the corners. Some of them stayed their ground. Like it was Republican boy passed out again. Yeah, crossed his eyes, f- fell out. Uh, the trick that goes up to the front. Like, it level takes you out the class. The trunk lands on the teacher's desk. Kid pops out outside, no chains, no straitjacket, in, like, some kind of lotus position, floats up into the air and just hovers there. Creepy. Teacher's like, you're definitely getting an A. How am I doing? You're getting an A. Thank you. And you might be a witch. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming they burned him at the stake oh, after yeah. that immediately, Not which me. was the daughter's plan the whole exactly. time. I hate her. When will she die? <laughs> she ruins everything. There are so many things in this movie because it does have an abrupt ending. Yeah. 
Okay, can, okay. So because of this, um, because Cosby left the meeting to help his son, he loses his job, gets fired, all for naught. <laughs> his poor orphan children. They're gonna lose everything they own. Everything. It's the worst moment of of my life. I'm, I'm sorry. They don't have a father. They can't pay that mortgage. Got no money. That daughter's gunning for all of them. All their possessions gonna be gone. The daughter will probably kill them as soon as they you know run out of food. God, what are they gonna what are they gonna do? Mm, no, no clue. No clue. Another thing that stuck with me: the oldest daughter. She's been in an accident. And she is no longer in her body. That's right. She is a ghost, too. Ghost daughter. So Bill Cosby is yelling at her to get back in her body. (laughs) And she's refusing. And this creeped me out. It's interesting how things you remember seeing as a child affected you so much. Absolutely. I I never saw Ghost Dad, sadly, but I know there's other movies. Ghostbusters. Love that movie. Even now. That one part where there's a taxi driver. Interesting similarity to this movie. Uh-huh. That creeped me out when it was that weird ghost skeleton thing. Oh, and then yeah. it went wrecking. I was like, oh, my God. Plus, it was playing that weird, like, crazy music. Mm-hmm. The magic thing. Ah. Magic, magic. Do, 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 do. Yeah, ghosts were taking over. That yeah, scared me. That was creepy. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I could see how this would be creepy, too, man. Because that daughter, she's she's just like, I'm going to be a ghost now. I, You have all these powers. It's got to be more fun than my suck life, taking care of these kids, even though I've only done that for a few days, and you've right. still been here as basically the provider, even though you're a ghost. Exactly. She's a normal 17-year-old. She's no respect. Right-eyed. Very interesting. Disturbing. Mm-hmm. Disturbing. So we're at the hospital. Bill Cosby's daughter, refusing to go back into her body. Bill Cosby assumes his body is somewhere in the hospital. Because they found the cab driver, and he's apparently in the hospital somewhere. But he's refusing to look until his daughter gets back into her body. Everyone else is supposed to be looking for his body. But they're not. They're watching the older daughter who's being operated on. Why not? I assume because the youngest daughter is saying that they stay there. (laughs) No, let's not look for dad's body. Let's just stay here and wait. I'm sure she pulls the cute thing like, okay, uh, you guys stay here. I'm going to go look for dad's body. And she's like, no, I'm scared. Oh, that's Wink, wink. Oh, I hate her. I want her gone. They'll get wise to her. They'll get wise. Too late. Too late. How many have to die in her wake? (laughs) Well, they can't die. I think that at the end of this movie, the youngest daughter is very upset. Because even if they, like, they can eject themselves from their body. Their spirits can roam around. Can't you really... Well, the thing is, though, you've only got a short window. And when your body dies, you're dead. True. Because Bill Cosby's trying to fade because he's running out of time. Because his body's going to die. That's why he's telling his daughter to hurry up and get back in her body. If she dies, she's gone. Hmm. It does give him a window. Yeah. So what happened to his dad? How did his dad almost die where he found out he had this power? Well, you know, he was in a bunny suit. I assume that, you know, maybe there's a roller skate somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Long time coming. Maybe, maybe... Maybe Bill Cosby had a sister that was a witch. There's a lot of questions not answered. Taxi driver, crazy, right? insane, great driver, very talented in the fact that he can go weave in and sure. out of traffic. Sure. Okay, he fell off a bridge into yeah. a river. Bill Cosby kind of got knocked unconscious or whatever. Or, um, how did the taxi driver live? Because he's at the end of the film. He comes back up in a taxi. Right. Well, I assume it was just a freak accident. Somehow he got I mean, you know, if you go over in a car, you know, you could get hurt. But if you can get the door open, you can swim out of that. You can survive falling, you know. So he just left him there. Right. At the end of the film, he's he's driving someone else around to get to the hospital. 
Bill Cosby realizes this t- there's this one taxi that's driving nuts, and he goes up to it, and it turns out it's that t- same taxi driver. Right. The taxi driver's freaked out. He's like, oh, because he still thinks it's Satan because Bill Cosby, Obviously. you know. And he's like, oh, my God, Master, you're back. What do you want me to do? Bill Cosby tells him to go to hell and sit on a hot coal until it snows. Right. And then the guy just says, sure, and he drives off right. into so the night. Bill Cosby has incited someone to commit suicide, basically. I am yours to command. Command? Command! I command you to go to hell and sit on a red-hot coal and wait for me until it snows! Oh, yes! Yes, evil master! Yes! And that's the dark ending of this film. Credits roll. They get into a station wagon and drive home. Yeah, but home. that's it. That's not going to be home for long. Bill Cosby has lost his job. <laughs> There's no money coming in. None. They're screwed. I don't Think about know the medical it. bill. Think about the medical bills they're going to have to pay for Cosby. He doesn't have insurance. He's been laid up in the oh, hospital girl, for days. And that girl went to the emergency room. That's yeah, not that cheap. girl went to the emergency room. She. Oh my God! They took her by an ambulance. Those are expensive. She does get back in her body. So I mean, they're fine on that point. She just get she gets up off the table and just walks away. Yeah, maybe it's fine. Um, no, they're still getting an ambulance bill. Oh, they well, know where they live. All right, all That's, right. Ambulance bill will kill you. <laughs> they're expensive. But yeah, it just ends. That's it. I don't know what happens to the British guy. Huh? Who knows? The ghost hunter or ghost aficionado, whatever the ghost he is. Whisper, I think. Ghost yes. Whisper. Maybe he gives him some money. Maybe he wants to talk to the Cosby no, family. So. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. This is a, he's so. found a family that can eject their spirits from their body. This is a, a, a prime tool for him to learn how the spirit world works. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't, think, I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatever, dude. He's, Whatever. He, he's going to catch it on that for himself. Did you see his equipment? He was working with some Thomas Edison equipment. <laughs> All right. It was he, spent the money, he spent the money to fly over from London to tell Bill Cosby that he wasn't dead. He's, he's put some money out already. They're not getting that back. What about- Bill Cosby's screwed. This man isn't going to support Bill Cosby and his demonic daughter. <laughs> what about the sweetheart? Cosby's little afternoon delight. I hope they can move in. I will say that at the end of this film, it seemed like they were going to get together. Well, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean... Though she was kind of a bitch to him. One, his youngest daughter says, he doesn't want to see you anymore for her own reasons or whatever. And then she immediately turns vicious. She says something like, she's immediately on the defensive just because he said he didn't want to see you anymore. Why would she take the youngest daughter's word? Kids say stuff all the time. And especially the youngest daughter's word. She's demon seed. Her mother just died a few months ago, right? Or years? Well, yeah, it's been a few years, I think. But still, that kid's but not going to be over that. She's a young kid. If the, the oldest daughter still cradles a picture yeah. of her mother. Well, I think, you know, well, the youngest daughter killed her. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're forgetting that. That's okay. a major point. Cold as ice. The, yeah, the youngest daughter has no feelings. She's not, she's barely human. She's a witch. Um, I think another thing, I think another thing to point out would be the writers of oh, this yes. film. Oh, yes. That was my first question after the film ended. Who wrote this thing? Who created Ghost Dad? All right. Brad, who right. are they? We got a team of three guys here. Oh, a trio. Uh, we got a Mr. S.S. Wilson, a Mr. Brent Maddock, and a Chris Reese. Sounds like a, a crack team. Yeah. Two of these guys, uh, S.S. and uh, Brent, these guys have worked together on pretty much all the same projects. Hmm. Projects that include... Short Circuit. Whoa. Batteries Not Included. Huh. Short Circuit 2. <laughs> Tremors. Ghost Dead, obviously. Heart and Souls. Tremors 2. Wild Wild West. Tremors 3. Ooh. Tremors the TV series. 
Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, and announced <gasps> the 2010 remake of Short Circuit. Wow. So these guys, uh, they've created large portions of my childhood. I Interesting, you two guys, what, what, who was the third guy? Oh, the third guy. Oh, Chris Reese. Let's look him up here on IMDb. What's, what has Chris Reese done? Um, well, in 1990, he wrote a film called Ghost Dad. All right. Um, he also wrote a film in uh, 1996 called The Chamber. Ooh. Um, also, that's all. That's all. Ah. So I think any inconsistencies, I think um, we can attribute to Mr. Reese. I'm assuming those first two guys, um, they pretty much came with the idea. Right. Maybe made the main plots, you know, the yeah. main story thread, and that guy sure. came in and cleaned things up. Sadly, because I don't know. I think Ghost. I mean, I enjoyed Ghost Dad, but again, there was a lot of holes. I, yeah, a lot of I, questions I blame unanswered. all of those on Mr. Chris Reese. Chris Reese, if you're out there and you'd like to defend yourself, please call in. <laughs> so, Brad, what's your what's your verdict on Ghost Dad? I love it. It's amazing. I, I'm glad you chose to watch this. I am too. A little important piece of my childhood. I feel. I. I'm sad I didn't watch it as a kid. Yeah, you should have. It would have freaked you out as well. <laughs> Easy to find. It's on the Netflix. Oh, one thing about the DVD. Oh, snap. We haven't talked about the DVD. Okay, this is this really is a bare-bones DVD. I love DVDs, but this thing... There's no menu on this DVD. It just starts playing. No menu at all. Forget special features. There's not even a menu. <laughs> when the film ends, it cycles over and starts playing again. It was kind of creepy. This is the most low-budget DVD I've ever seen in my life. Which is sad. I, I, I want a re-released box set about Ghost Dad. Do you think they should make, remake Ghost Dad? Can you remake Magic? I don't think you can. Without Bill Cosby, I don't think the movie would no, really go. No. You don't want someone like Ben Stiller to be the new Ghost Dad. <laughs> oh, our Vin Diesel is Ghost Dad. <laughs> After the pacifier, Christ. Oh. So uh, this DVD, it's on the Netflix. It's available in stores. You can order it off internet. It's out there. Ramjack. All right, so here we are in the Situation Room. Go. All right, the woman you have fallen deeply in love with has a secret. Is she a shiny vampire or a furry werewolf? How do you react to the news? So I don't know which one she is? No. She's one of the two. I'm letting you choose, Brad. I'm letting you, is letting she you a shiny vampire oh, okay. or is she a werewolf? And how do you react to the news? Um, let's see. Um, if she's a shiny vampire, I say awesome. Because vampire, you know what? I have to drink human blood if she, you know, infects me, but I'll live forever. That's awesome. Werewolf, she might kill me. So you're definitely rooting for the vampire. Definitely for the vampire. Always. Nice. Nice. You are captured in a bear trap. You have a metal spork, a bottle of bear pheromone, and a pogo stick. And Alan David Berlin is eyeing you in a crotchless panda suit. Go. <laughs> what do you mean go? What are my go. supplies one more time? I'm caught in the bear trap. You are caught in a bear, in a, in a bear trap. You have a metal spork, a bottle of bear pheromone, and a pogo stick. All the while, Alan David Berlin is eyeing you in a crotchless panda suit in someone's backyard. Go. All right. The first thing I'm going to do is try to leverage the uh, pogo stick to get the bear trap open. 
It's a metal object. I'm assuming I can get it open. It's Art cut to the bone. You're in some pain, regardless. Uh, well, I'm still going to try. Yeah, just letting you know. Um, I'm going to immediately throw the bear ho- pheromone or whatever mm-hmm. onto panda suit guy. Okay. Hopefully that will distract him. I'm sure he'll get turned on by it, and maybe bears will come out of nowhere, and he'll get busy. He'll get what he always wanted. Okay. You know? A little cub. A little cub. You know, <laughs> diaper. And hopefully I'll just escape, and I won't have to use the spork. Though I will use it to defend myself and or commit suicide should dude come up. All right. Good well, answer. I don't know. There's so many situations. That's initial thoughts and reactions. Okay. Brad, you've been co-opted into a freshly organized midget fighting league with a big mystery match coming up the arena is set the gates open you and the group must face a hungry lion to the death what now so it's me and the midgets versus the lion yeah okay um all right here's what i'm gonna do i'm going to grab one of the smaller midgets i'm gonna chunk him with the lion (laughs) distract it then I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to have another. I'm going to try another midget on hand that I can use if the, if if the lion tears through the first midget um, without enough time. Okay. Now I'm assuming I have to fight my way out. I can't like try to escape or anything, right? To the death. Okay, it's to the death. So what I'm going to try to do is get them get the fucking lion busy with eating the midgets. Then I'm going to take a squad of midgets, send them out um, to flank it. I'm going to try to get around, get behind. I'm going to try to get behind the lion. Go for it. Um, gouge its eyes. Hmm. Well, it's busy taking on the midgets. Probably won't happen, but I'm going to try. Huh. And I'm going to just keep tossing midgets at it. <laughs> That's Not lion them and That's lion have treats. them help you. Lion treats. That's right. Wow. All right. There are two chicks in furry suits. One is a, one is a bear. One is a wolf. Is that the question? Twist part, one has hepatitis. Go. Oh. Do I know which one has hepatitis? Nope. One's in a bear and one's in a wolf? Yep. I'm going to assume that the wolf has hepatitis for some reason. I'm assuming that because a lot of the furry stuff is wolves and or foxes, mm-hmm. that that person's going to be more sexually active. Okay. They're you got to pick one of these ladies. They're two. Are they hot? They're both. Uh, there, are, there are two chicks. They're both attractive enough that you would have sex with them. I'm going with the bear. Too bad. And she, yes. was, she was the one with hepatitis. Oh, no. You didn't know. Yep. No. Why would she have it over the wolf? That's not your question. I'm just throwing because, that Because the wolf, the wolf is wolf the, well, the wolf's the slutty one. Wolf takes precautions. Ah. You can trust a chick that dresses up like a bear. What the hell is that about? I'll never there again. Are no, there are no female bears that I'll are never, of, of fame. Never again. Yeah. Help. You've been called in to quickly rework the script of Dreamcatcher before the shooting starts. Oh, crap. In three days. Ah! There isn't much time. What minimal changes would you make to the script? Okay, minimal changes. First thing, we're dropping the ridiculous, um, kitschy dialogue. We're dropping all the, the fuckaroos, fuckeries. Bite my bag. Bite my bag. Jesus, Jesus, well, we're probably keeping some Jesus Christ bananas. <laughs> um, second... Um, it's no longer going to be in that snowy setting. We are going to set it on in Washington, D.C. No other changes? And the aliens aren't British. Dude, now come on. They gotta be British. That was one of the funniest things in that movie. They're not British. Sorry, they're Australian. Alright, that works, that works. Yeah. 
<clears throat> you are a gymnastic champion <laughs> trying to, to invade an ill-specified Middle Eastern, Slavic, European, Asian country to compete in an even less specific game. What do you pack? <laughs> what do I pack? What do you pack? You've got one suitcase. Wow, man. I don't... Well, obviously, my, my gym leotard. I got to have a fresh stock of those just ready to go. Um, a cool uh, sports jacket. Got to have that for my warm-ups. Um, let's see. Is food going to be provided there? I'm assuming food's provided there, right? Yeah, yeah you're, just, you're just packing things. I'm invited to this game, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So are you got to get a princess that's going to lead you the way. Oh, okay, okay. Um, maybe book to read on the plane. I'm assuming I can just fly in there. It's, it's not yeah. like it's going to be hard to get into. No, you're going to have to take some rafts and oh, what donkeys and stuff. Oh, oh, well, I'm going to take some matches. Okay. Um, toothbrush, maybe you know, got to keep fresh breath. Um, rope. Uh, a knife, maybe a few knives. Um, is there a way I can? <laughs> Can I create something and bring? Like, sure, sure, as long as you plan it ahead of time. I want an axe that can cut through metal. Nice. I also want what would look like... Um, You're running out of room in the suitcase, my friend. God, well, a lot of these things are small. I'm just saying. I would like a map of this place. I don't want to run into any uncharted territories. Ooh, good call. Or, you know, a territory where there might be, I don't know, a village of crazies. <laughs> Crazy Town Village, yeah. You want that on the map? I think is that besides like more clothes, more socks, maybe some nice mm-hmm. Nike tennis shoes or some Reeboks. I think I'm fine. You know what I would take if I were you? What? I would take arrow, an arrowproof uh, <laughs> chainmail. Yeah, but too late. Too late for you, me, you man. I'm gonna have to go at it alone. That's that's the only real weapon they have. That is the only one, unless the Juking is going around. The I'm assuming useless. it's rolled by Juking. Right. So, all right, go ahead. Who's on your team, Brad? Nondescript and mysterious Asian princess or uh, Permastinian whore? Princess. Obviously. Really? Obviously. obviously. She's, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. No Permastinian whore woman. I, I don't know. I thought I'd throw a curveball at you. Yeah. She's, you know, she she's, she's a too. fighter. She has a cat suit that she wears under her clothes. Um, sometimes she's very silent, so she's not too chatty. I think you're in love. She's my shapoopy. <laughs> You are Bill Cosby. Your oldest daughter is a bitch. Your son, self-destructive, obsessive, compulsive, with delusions of grandeur, who will eventually possibly become a cutter. Your youngest daughter is a devil spawn who is plotting your death. Go. <laughs> what? What are you doing? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is your life. Wait a minute. Throw that out again one more time. You're Bill Cosby. Your oldest daughter is a bitch. Your son, a self-destructive, self-destructive, obsessive compulsive with delusions of grandeur, who will eventually probably become a cutter. Your youngest daughter is a devil spawn who's plotting your death. Go. Am I consciously aware of all of these things? Of course. It's blatantly obvious whoa, to anyone. Whoa, all right. Blatantly obvious to anyone. Uh, I don't really have much options. Um, devil spawn, we can probably get that uh, taken care of. Call in an, an old priest and a young priest. Okay. Maybe, hopefully. Um, the son's got big dreams. We all know reality will kick in eventually. Um, probably go to community college. Uh, the so bitch. Be by then. Yeah, we, you know, people have to work through their issues. It's cool. Um, the bitch. I don't really know. I mean, what else, what other choice do I have than to just throw myself into my career 
and just let them raise themselves. You know, hopefully her I'm, let me, let me raising out, the other okay, kids. I'm, I'm going to give you a slight. I'm going to point out the fact that this daughter's probably going to be a huge, an even larger bitch when she finds out she's not getting the car. Oh no! You lost your job. And I was planning on giving that car to her for her birthday. Exactly. Oh no! All right, this is going to sound weird. Okay. Am I a ghost? No. Oh, okay. We just missed that part. Skip that part. You're not a ghost. But you have lost. Your I job. don't know what to do. Ah, uh, I'm going to keep on keeping on. Hopefully, everything will work out. And um, yeah, maybe the, have the daughter raise the other kids, and she'll take care of them. Okay. She'll she'll solve their problems. She'll help them out. So you're just going to desert the fam? You know, I might actually reverse that. I'm going to find a nice um, upstart college kid to uh, move in underneath the staircase nice. and help raise them. Right, like he's part of the family. Yeah, just like the family. Nice. I'd keep. I'd have him in charge of days and nights. Good. Because I can't be worried. Days and nights. I, I'm I'm assuming there's a chick on the side I have, right? Because I'm not oh, married. Oh, yeah, yeah. you got like a neighbor lady. That's... You didn't mention a wife. So... No, no, she's, she's long dead. Yeah. Probably, have probably because of the devil spawn. There you go. Yeah. All right, good plan, good plan. All right, Brad. Your curiosities have finally gotten the best of you. However, this furry convention turns out to be more than you bargained for. Mm-hmm. Your initial partner sure is hot, smoking. But her fursona surprises you. She identifies with iconic... She identifies with the iconic gray extraterrestrials. <laughs> Your reaction? Oh man! <laughs> and she's gonna wear the she's gonna wear the gray costume. In my mind, you turn around and she's just in a gray costume. Oh! oh. <laughs> this whole convention is grace. Oh! Oh! <laughs> God, that's creepy. Um, I, I I'm gonna make a hearty attempt. But I doubt anything's gonna happen. I think I'd be too scared. <laughs> a hearty attempt. I would be. I Dude, would make get a the hell attempt. out of there! I. You said she was smoking hot. She is. I'm gonna make a hearty attempt. But I don't. I don't. I don't think anything's gonna happen. I think I'm gonna be too afraid. I think I will be too frightened. You're a brave man. But I'm gonna make the attempt. Probably fail. You were yourself as a nine-year-old alone. You find a magical retard in the forest being harassed by older boys. Twist part, you don't know he's magical, and he has defecated on himself. <laughs> Go. Wow. Um, he's being harassed by these older boys. Yeah. He's defecated himself. And you are you as a nine-year-old boy. I'm me as a nine-year-old boy. Right. How old are these kids? They're teenagers. Like 16, 15. Far, f- too, far too old to be harassing a magical retard. How far am I from, like, adults? Like, could I easily oh, run and get help? No, you're out, you're out, in, the, you're out in the woods. It's, it's, it's going it's, it's to be a while. Maybe if you were the fastest runner when you were nine years old. But I was pretty fast, but I wasn't that fast. Yeah. Are they hurting this kid? Yeah. Wow. Like, physically or just, like, mental abuse? Both. Hmm. Tough decisions, man. He has crapped on himself. But that's that's not his fault, dude. No, but I'm just saying. Just that's, something, that's something you're going to have to deal with. If anything, I can use that to to get the other guys, because they don't really want to be there. Once someone craps themselves, I'm assuming it's like, but they've, probably, oh. they've, they've undressed him. You're going to have to undress him. Whoa, he didn't say anything about them again. It's the same situation as Dreamcatcher. Oh, okay. He didn't crap himself in Dreamcatcher, did he? No, I added that. <laughs> 
You you're also Finn. don't have a team, including the fastest runner in town. So it's just me. And you're you. And I'm me. You're you at nine years old. At nine years old, I don't know if I would. I would probably just go and get help. I wouldn't stop because these are older kids. I don't have a team. It's just me. Right. I would go and try to get help and bring it back. Because mm-hmm. what else can you do at nine years old? I don't know. I mean, I'm supposed to get two rocks together and try to intimidate these guys? Who knows? Situation room. I I, I think that's the only choice I have. Gonna run off. I'm not running. I'm running off to get help to bring back. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I'd feel bad about it. But, I mean, I'm nine years old. He's going to put a magical hex on you, by the way. Why? I'm helping him. You didn't help. It was too late. It's a little too late. What do you mean too little too late? late. He's probably put a magical hex on you. I guess I'll just have to live with that. Yeah, you got to deal with that now. That's the situation room. (laughs) We've now another episode of Ramjack. Brad, that's three times. That's three. Uh, We'd like to remind everyone, if you would like to get a hold of us, you can call our hotline Hotline. at 206-600-6585. Or you can email us at ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit us online at ramjack.curiosityabounds.com. Props goes out to Chrome, whose song, Out of Town... CJ on this podcast, you can get their album at cdbaby.com forward slash cd forward slash mercurochrome. And of course, the poppery too. Oh, God, of course, the poppery too. All right, next week we're going to tackle another film. I'm sure everyone out there knows it and has seen it. I'm talking about Twilight. Twilight. Brad, you are in for a treat. I'm excited. I haven't seen it. Let's just say the way you answered one of those questions in the situation room. I think oh you're going to have. I'm you're gonna so have excited. Your emotions are going to be conflicted. All right. Wow. See you later, guys. I don't know what else to say at the end of a podcast. Oh, it's all right. Let it end. Let it end.